Hey, do you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. everybody welcome to pretty scary pretty scary boo pretty scary boo caitlin caitlin oh caitlin's not with us i mean she's still with us I she's mean, still alive that we know Dear of god she's just not on this episode she it was it was all me and caitlin last week being sad about las vegas I and heard. tom petty oh hey i'm here and i am so pregnant <laughs> i can't believe you started the podcast without me <laughs> boo as well hi i'm the baby <laughs> You're not supposed to be here until October 25th. What are you doing? Shut up, Mom. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess we should start this podcast. Great wow, improv, Caitlin Mom. and her baby both have a lot of facial They hair. are sassy today. <laughs> yeah. That is Rich Slayton and John Shevsky from the, from the crime. crime. We got to say it together, three guys. Three eyes. Podcast. They were on, by the time this comes out, they were on last week's Unpopular Opinion. Oh, Brr- yeah. So much Where fun. we talked about true crime myths. And mm-hmm. things of that nature. And I got in trouble for touching Jeff. Oh, yes, he did. You don't want to touch Jeff. <laughs> you don't. I got to get we Jeff. Lo- he lo- we a learned that. volcano waiting to erupt. <laughs> I was just riffing, and I, and I was like, don't worry, Jeff. And he's like, get your ass off me. Yeah. Like, it's oh. to the point now that I tell people not to touch Jeff. <laughs> you know what's weird just is I was fondling Jeff under the table when that happened. He had no problem with that. That's your so. stinky little feet. Well, he doesn't yeah. like to be touched by two people at once. That's a good point. Oh, like he likes to be able time. to distracting. focus yeah. on the pleasure wherever it's coming from. That's where him and I did. In the moment. So how's everyone doing? Good? Great. we're doing okay. Tell me something. How are you doing? Oh. What's going on? Is that directed What's up, towards Carrie? me? Sure. Uh, I'm doing well, yeah. Just getting ready for Caitlin's birth, which it sounds like maybe <laughs> she's prepping. Already... You're washing your hands in the sink? <laughs> Just getting ready for the birth. <laughs> then I put on the Scrub gloves. me in. <laughs> what if I'm one of those, uh, what are they? Like a nurses? doula. Uh, yeah. 
Rich, I have honestly, a wife. it's our first I know finger. Wow. It's our first finger. Do I get to put a finger on too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to light it we, up uh, too. Yeah, actually. We oh, do. it lights? You know, yeah. Yeah, of course our so fingers I light up. Like what kind of finger are you used to? You ghetto finger? <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing pretty oh, well as a network. So. <laughs> you know, I, I have mine set up so it looks like my pinky rather than my pointer finger. Because that's how Yeah, that is. Mine's not working. Oh, I love that for this video well, because podcast, clicking... we have to wait for the flashy lights. <laughs> for one thing, I can just tell that you're clicking the wrong spot because the thing you're supposed to click, I can see the oh, shadow. No, it's the other side. It's oh, by look, the... at, look at how many. I'm give clicking mine. Clicking my hella no. good, girl. Give me, the, give, me the, give, me the, give me the finger. Give me the, oh, you're I not even clicking it. the right part. No, I was. No, you're not. You're, I have gone through the all the flash cycles. <laughs> I thought you said you were a fixer. Right here, Carrie. Yeah, okay. there it goes. <laughs> Old school, we just used to do it all natural. Green and That's red combine. To make Christmas. What Look are we fingering for? I already forgot. Excited. Um, what did I do? I oh, don't... Abdullah. Ooh, yes. Oh, Abdullah. Abdullah. Yeah. You said Abdullah? <laughs> Hello, bro. I'm here to deliver the baby. <laughs> My name is Abdullah. You bro, look great bro. naked, by the way. It's ready to pop. I was here to Uber you to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Do you want the vapor for you? I'm Abdullah. I am doula. I do it. I do it. I do it. I do it. I do no, it. I have a friend who's a doula or has become a doula in the last year or so. I challenge you to a doula. <laughs> and she has decided that she's going to help deliver our baby. That's not that we're not even, you don't pregnant even get to with say? Yet. Yeah. Oh, that's great. She's like, no, I'm your doula. We're like, all right, that's fine. Does she that just shows up at your house like one day with a baby. No, we I are, delivered it. I told we are you not I would. doing a home birth. What are we, animals? His wife what? goes, Wait, oh, no. I guess I had the baby. So <laughs> they labor. have to doula at your home, right? No, no, no. The doula goes where we say it. Where yeah, anyway. <laughs> the doula's yeah. your bitch? A jacuzzi. And this, <laughs> look, Will she it, pick up your dry You can't let her just Starbucks? doula whatever she wants. <laughs> you can doula what you want. You know what, what, you know what I like about that? Doula. Is that Everything. your doula? In living doula. Yeah, no, no. You're We're going to a hospital where there's medical professionals. We're not going to like squeeze it out into a bathtub and hope. Oh, you too good to. for a hippie birth? Yeah, yeah. Cool. much too good. You want to have your kid exposed to a boring ass, scary hospital? Fine. Yeah, I want my kid to come into. I want my kid to avoid like the infant mortality rate that happened for most of human history. Yeah. Throughout the world's birth. not safe though. Yeah, where is it safe? The world's not. I want safe. my kid to live long enough to be killed by a car accident or a school shooting. All right, oh that's what I'm God. going this for. This guy's a yeah. dark Jeez. ripper, folks. <laughs> well, as as everyone, like a good can, American, as everyone can probably tell from all the talk about babies and uh, how they're delivered. We're talking about a tragic fire that killed hundreds of people in the 1970s on this episode today. I left out fire as a way my kid could die. Sorry. Or be born. Ooh, good Born by fire. Come into the world in a flame. I'm the father of dragons. That's so metal. We were sent this article, I want to say, by Mike Stanton. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. I'm not. Well, you sent it to me. And I don't know who sent it to you. It was Mike Stanton. So if you're listening out there and it's not Mike Stanton, I apologize. Please let us know who you are. Uh, It was a couple months ago. But I remember it was like a Friday night and I was like, had nothing to do. Uh, So uh, I read the article. (laughs) I like the way you said that. Little old me sitting around <laughs> drinking wine by myself, reading articles <laughs> off the internet. You know, as I do. Um, yeah, I mean, Friday is like my one night. Yeah. Not New Year's Eve. Like, it's so hyped up. Yeah. Like, I'm staying in. I'm going to be like the rest of the nerds. Like, sure. I go out on like all the other nights. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, it took like an hour, hour and a half to read, but it's it was a long so article. gripping that I, was, yeah. I read the whole thing and I was like, we have to uh, cover this. I'm pretty scary. Yeah. We're, we're getting most of pretty much everything we talk about today comes from an article on wcpo.com which is about uh it's about the beverly hills supper club fire which as the name implies happened in cincinnati (laughs) 
the first thing I thought was like, this happened in Beverly Hills? Yeah. <laughs> Not this Beverly Hills. WCPO stands for White Cunts Punching Others, by the way. <laughs> it's a weird title for this website. Race War! Yeah. It's, uh, it, I didn't get dinged for cunts. But it's Cincinnati, Cincinnati, oh, sorry. Kentucky, oh, correct? Sorry, Mom. Well, no, the thing about Cincinnati and Kentucky... And also the article right is uh, you shouldn't go to either one. Yeah, that. Well, let me just. Or uh, supper clubs. Let me just add the article is written by Jack Brennan and it's called "Even After Forty Years, It Feels Like the Beverly Hills Supper Club Fire Happened Last Night in Oral History." <laughs> to him, really snappy title. <laughs> I can feel the heat. But it's a fantastic <laughs> article about a thing that I did not know happened, mm-hmm. which is the Beverly Hills Supper Club Fire. Which is a huge tragedy that happened in Cincinnati in 1977. It is crazy. Had you guys heard of it at all? I've heard of nothing from Cincinnati. Yeah. I know like, the Bengals, the Reds. Also, tragedy? it didn't even happen in Cincinnati. It happened in Kentucky. But well, Cincinnati is the closest city that makes any sense. Well, no, the I thing, if, you've ever, if you've ever been to Cincinnati, I did a show uh, last year with Portugal the Man in... Uh, Humble Brag. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm going to... I drop that name every chance I get. <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't I? Don't hold back. Yeah, they're what huge right now. Why would I shared I... a gym locker with Father John Misty for a weekend. <laughs> Why wouldn't I tell the world that I opened for Portugal the Man once? But we did a show in Covington, Kentucky, and when I saw that on the schedule... I was like, what the fuck are we doing in Covington, Kentucky? But that's basically just a suburb of Cincinnati. Mm. You go across across a bridge. that, Like, you cross the river, and you're in Kentucky. It's like that part of New then, Jersey that's basically New York. Yeah, exactly. Or like how, you know, there's a bunch of cities where, like, Minneapolis and uh, St. Yeah. Paul are basically the same city. Or Chino and Chino Hills. Exactly. You know, I don't know why <laughs> I didn't go with that one right? first. Really it's an international reference. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Beverly Hills Supper Club was actually in Southgate, Kentucky, which is a suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio. It was an operation from 1971 to 77. And it was like these names don't I mean, some of them still seem impressive, but it drew acts like Frankie Valley, Phyllis Diller, Red Fox, James Brown, Rich Little, which who doesn't hate an impressionist? Sure. <laughs> but we man, love Caitlin. <laughs> Rich Little Caitlin was he- is our Rich Little. But Rich, Caitlin does her own voices. Rich Little would just go on The Tonight Show and do Reagan for 28 minutes, or it felt like 28 well, minutes. Well, he's in hell now, Adam. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> so you should rest happy. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully he died in this fire. We haven't gotten <laughs> far enough into the <laughs> oh, story. Oh, you duck, he duck, is man. not a crook. <laughs> All impressionists should be dead immediately. Yeah, me and Caitlin actually tried to do this episode last week, but it was the day after the Las Vegas thing. And we were like, let's just be sad for half an hour and make that the episode instead. That's what she said. Uh, I saw her last week. Wait, when did the Las Vegas thing happen? Uh, <laughs> last week. Well, it. Just go this head. goes out next. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I'm so confused. Pause for edit. Our and algorithm. Cut. And pause for Shevsky destroying the fourth wall. Yeah. And you go. Did. Maybe next time you just come, Rich. I mean, That's what I'm all about. Okay. You and your manager. Yes, me <laughs> me and my manager. Hey, can you stop operating the comedy store for 17 <laughs> seconds? Did I do something wrong? Um, so the one he did with Caitlin comes out on Thursday. This one will come out next Thursday. Nice. Right. So, so we're in the future. Yeah, we're in the future. No right. one told me there's going to be any math involved. I was like, how many days are in a month? And where are we? I picked up on it because yeah. I'm a professional podcaster. In 2023, when we did this episode, it was so intriguing. <laughs> the robots, when they were taking over my, my city. So let's talk about the Beverly Hills yeah. Supper Club. This was, from everything I can read, it's not the kind of place you would expect to find in Cincinnati. Because I don't know if you've been there, but... 
kind of a shithole. They put chocolate in their chili, and then they put that chili on spaghetti, which... Are you making a riff right now, or is this something they do? It's all real. Skyline chili. Skyline chili is just chili over spaghetti noodles, which isn't a bad concept in theory. That's okay, yeah. But the chili itself, I I forget what region, but there are a lot of people who immigrated to Cincinnati from one particular region of the world. Is it Poland? I don't know. It's got to be be Latin America because they have mole, which has chocolate in it, which I always think is crazy. But I don't think it is. I don't think it's a Latin American thing. No, you're probably... That's Cross a good country point. ski to get there. That's a good point. Let's go back to racial demographics of the 40s. You're yes. right. <laughs> it's the Polish people that put chocolate in the chili. That sounds like one of those meals that gets invented because someone was poor and just was like, what do I have left? And they made chocolate chili pasta. You know, yeah. and then it became that. a thing. Or the dumb uh, Polish joke we never heard June about. Juna Honey Boo Boo's mom used to make skeddy, which is spaghetti and ketchup. Oh, no. oh that, that's ghetto. My grandpa did it. He was from New York. He was a super ghetto, and like they that's grew, gross. They grew up, but no, when you're super gross. ghetto, it's disgusting. It's it smells like ketchup in large quantities. Smells so bad. Oh yeah, but, I think yeah. The but it's a ghetto way people was, survive. Oh, there's tomatoes in it. It's, it's how they survive. Like sauce. Also, and not a good grandpa, lube. Huh? If you guys were curious, ketchup. What? None. Lube? Terrible. Too sticky, mm-hmm. and it makes you think you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Amen. Stay to away that, from that brother. ketchup, folks. So yeah, the Beverly Hills Supper Club. PSA. Uh, Can we burn this place down already? Jesus. We're gonna. I know. Get to the point, Adam. Who died and how did they? So many people died. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but uh, just to give you how an idea of how big this... And one thing that was cool about this place, apparently massively affordable. Like everyone right. in Cincinnati, like rich to people, go. poor people, everyone could afford to go there and hang out. It was 54,000 square feet, but only had 19 rooms and four floors. But that's... The same reason why they're like, oh, we have a capacity of 600. Let's have over 2,000 come in. Right. The more, the merrier. Right. On, the, on the night of May 28th, 1977, with John Davidson scheduled to perform, which oh, I don't know, know who, who that is. is. No. I, I, have I don't. I have all of his vinyls. But he survived, luckily. <laughs> That's the most important thing. But did he? He lived on to create. Let's see what John Davidson did. because He, he was the front man break. for a band called Corn. With a C or Oh, a I've seen this guy. Jonathan Davis. Adam didn't do the huh. <laughs> uh, uh, he looks like Jay Leno. <clears throat> that was my uh, Jonathan had Davis. He a picture where he had like, very tan skin. He's a, an head. American actor, singer, and game show I host. Like that he has... is known for hosting. That's incredible. I like that the other, oh. the other guy in the picture is, oh God, that's uh, incredible. Is, the, is the formerly known as Bruce Jenner on the right-hand side. <laughs> No, that's John Davidson. No, that's John Davidson. Oh. I don't know who this dipshit is. I think I used to work with him at Kraft. You just killed your riff uh, with Friendly Fire. That's Carl. (laughs) Fuck Carl. Like one of those uh, ventriloquist dummies that they carried out of the fire. He killed a guy and made a ventriloquist (laughs) dummy out of him. And that's the the show that was going to be at the uh, Beverly Hills Supper Club that night. (laughs) John Davidson with his hand in a dead guy's ass. was so hot, uh, it caught on fire. But man, did things uh, swing out of control because the building actually burnt to the ground that night, killing 165 people. Is that the wrong time what to are clap? You clapping for us? The wrong it's reaction. It's a weird time, yeah, time to clap. I, was late. I thought it was the crescendo. I won't bring him no. next time. I'm so sorry. Yeah, That's right. I, I keep going back and forth. I have trouble. Like with if I had to responses. pick one crime guy to bring back, like I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Where do we go? It was they the both wrong. Have their pros and their cons. It was the wrong time for a clap, the, but the right time for us. Oh, I, fu- I meant to do that. You picking up on, like, we're in the future is bad for you, but then him clapping at 165 people. I find you to be... Probably way worse for you, Rich. I find you to be very sadistic. Oh. <laughs> Boo, right? Is that Carrie, I find you to be very happens? sadistic once the uh, record button hits. <laughs> what happened? She's a sniper. I don't know. You played I the eagle sound, dudes. and she went all Assassin's Creed on us. 
It's a, yeah, it's that's how I trigger Carrie to right. it's yeah. like a, a Manchurian can can can, can die date Ooh. kind of thing. <laughs> Manchurian can opener. She you know just, the you know the movie Manchurian can die date. I thought yeah. you say can die like the Klondike bars. I was like, oh, that right. is not what I said. I you feel. motherfucker! I am so sorry. How dare you? I'm so sorry. Anyway, a lot of people died in this fire. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's talk about the fire. Most of the destruction and death happened inside the cabaret room where Davidson was scheduled to perform <laughs> an estimated 900 to 1,300 people were crammed inside. Later estimates put the actual safe capacity at around 600. Which So that wasn't actually that overcrowded then? For, well, for, someone, who, for well, someone who works in nightclubs... It was pretty Break. overcrowded. They say yeah. later, though, they think it was over 2,000 people. Overall in I the building. That, yeah. There were 2,000 people in the building. There were... 900 people in that yeah, room. Yeah, at least oh, 900 how, 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 just how, in this one room. How did people not just like see smoke and see fire and be like, I'm, I'm going to get out of here? Like, Why is it... Well, th- th- that well, was the trampling The building the was so compartmentalized. Yeah. Because I don't think people saw it necessarily at the beginning. Like it yeah. was the fire like, started in the zebra room. Right. So it started it, in a different room, and there was like a little bit of smoke, and they talked yeah. about the guy who ended up saving everybody as, I don't yeah. know if this is like a small thing or if it's going to be a big thing. He went against yeah, his when boss, he too, first right? saw yeah. it, And we'll get to it, but when he first saw it, and when most people first saw it, they didn't see the fire. I think it was like inside a bit of smoke. the walls, and they just felt heat and saw oh, smoke. the butter was melting. Yeah, there was, well. Uh, oh, my God. So I always leave all my butter melts. <laughs> the butter was melting. That's what Ooh. I knew. I had to get to see. So this is uh, this is a quote. Most of the, all of these quotes come from that article. Also, this is a quote from John Beachy. John Biatch is how I pronounce it. I know yeah. that's what I thought too, but it actually <laughs> took the time in the article. John Biatch is not Biatch. Biatch. He was a volunteer firefighter who helped fight the blaze. This is a quote from him. In that era, nobody thought much about overcrowding or fire codes. And if you went to a place that said they were full, you might say, ah, come on, you can get in two more. Just squeeze <laughs> us in anywhere. And yeah, he's right. And they would, and they would do it. They're like, all right, every sir. sold out show at the comedy store. Oh, yeah. Every I'm, single I'm sure. one. They're like, come on, we'll stand over here. And we're like, we, there's understand. a fire department. Have you heard of those? <laughs> they come by. Or have you heard of fire? Yeah, fuck fire. They can go to I'm not yeah. worried about fires. They can go to the. The basement where we were led to believe there were ghosts. I just I know. just got an email from someone at the comedy store. From Schmidt? Yeah. There you go. About, I hook it up, bro. Asking if we want to do the, the tour still. Mm-hmm. We did the tour. I thought yeah, I thought that too. I'll email him. <laughs> I'll say we did the tour, but uh We talked about how, how cute you, put you me were up? on the um uh when you're trying to show me around while we were waiting for Caitlin because you know, she was like she was late, late and yeah, stuff. So super uh and we were I know he had already been there, but I was like, oh, like we've been wanting to do a tour. And you were like going out of your way to be so nice. And I think make it magical for me <laughs> where you were like, oh, this room. Yeah, there's boxes. Uh, there's a picture of Chevy Chase. Uh, okay, in this room, there's a mannequin and there's some DVR. It's an exciting place. It's got like folklore. But yeah, there was just like you trying just to like there, pump it the, up. The, they open yeah. up the comedy store for a, a whole thing. ghost tour on Halloween every year. And Jeff Scott, our pianist, who's been there for about 30 years, he knows all the stories and lore. Really? He's the comedy store yeah. story. He'll get, he can do the whole. So thing. have you heard of those? 
some of the lures we heard about oh, was yeah. a guy in a green yeah. suit, and then uh, I guess he used to have Well, the guy in the green suit still there. hangs around. That's Robert William Abravaya. He closes out the Monday night show <laughs> Unless he's been a ghost for years. <laughs> he's been a ghost for a long time. We're just if like, that's know, a guy. If, if you didn't know that he was a real person, you might think he was a ghost, because he'll he'll just like pop around a corner and look at you for a second and then disappear. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's super nice. trippy. He's, yeah. he's, not, he's not a regular dude at all. He's super trippy. But there's, I mean, we know regular square dudes, comics right now. Tony Hinchcliffe has a really scary ghost story. It's like, and Tony's like not like a, the kind of guy that would Back be like, to the mass death. Okay. Yeah. Ba- we'll, right, we'll, yeah. Do, we'll, get the, we'll do the comedy store episode at some point. I mean, we should still do it. Like, there's a you lot think? of cool... There's a lot of stories Well, there. there's a lot of stories. Chefsky just doesn't know... He's not the comedy store historian. No, I know no. who but, he yeah. is. I Maybe am. that would well, be a good person. Jeff Scott. We'll, we'll figure pianist. it out, though. We should okay. do it. Jeff Scott the penis is the comedy store yeah, historian. I have an idea. What if we figure it out after, <laughs> after we show. finish this That's podcast? That's what I was trying to help him. I was trying to help Adam pivot. And then, on the count of three, we get back to this podcast. <laughs> One, two, three. Back to the podcast. I appreciate Rich trying to tag me back in there. Oh, now everyone got quiet. We were now pausing, it feels, we were pausing for your Now edit. it feels awkward. We're, we're trying to be good little boys and girls and just follow your lead, Adam. We want to be good. So the Southgate Volunteer Fire Department. real quick. The the Southgate finger Fingers. me. Fingers. Do, do, do. The Southgate Volunteer Fire Department. That's who primarily was on the scene to help fight this fire. That's uh, who John Biatch was working for. And uh, they had received calls for the Beverly, obviously, and gone out before, but uh, it was never anything. This is another quote from John. We didn't think it was going to be a big deal. They were building Interstate 471 through there at the time, and they'd been cutting and burning a lot of brush. We figured we were called up for a brush fire. But employees had become aware of the fire just before 9 p.m., they couldn't see flames, but the smoke and heat in the first floor zebra room made it clear that something was burning. Stop it before it reaches the giraffe alley. Exactly. What weird names they had for these fucking rooms. The zebra room. The elephant room, what's that? Uh, that's the restroom, sir. <laughs> <laughs> this is John Biatch again. When we rounded the bend, I could see black smoke all along the roof line. And as we drove up the hill, I saw a significant number of people in the parking lot. And I thought, good. At least everybody's out of the building. <laughs> but it did not click that there would be 2,000 or more people in there and that I was seeing only a couple hundred. Inside the complex, things were getting bad fast. A wedding reception had left the zebra room early complaining about overwhelming heat that was literally melting the butter on their wedding reception tables. Wow. Imagine that. That's well, when you get out. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. that is Everybody when you get out. I would say when that. the cream cheese spreads easy on your bagel. <laughs> get out of the building. <laughs> it's a sign. How long's that been on the table? About 45 <laughs> seconds. Let's go. I got to go. My yeah. cheese is melted. Let's We've leave. had to throw out multiple sticks of butter in my home because Mrs. Slayton and I uh, get so hot and heavy. That it's uh, it's melting all the butter. There, it's yeah. Like, is it in the Grizzlies, fridge or you yeah. just leave it. I actually throw my kitchen. butter. We actually out keep for the it in. The, we actually keep it in the bedroom just to measure how. <laughs> I'm, <we're> gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna throw up for the reason of, of picturing that. Thank you, <laughs> you and Mrs. Slayton, getting it on. Let's talk about Walter Bailey because this fucking guy is. Oh. By the way, hot. Oh, hot as AF. I smash. Dude. I don't even see him yet. AF. Goddamn hero alert, Walter Bailey, who at the time was an 18 year old busboy yep. working Stoned. at. The Beverly, probably Stone. He was it? No. Yeah, no. maybe not. No, he's America's hero. He he's, was a hero. He's a fucking hero. What busboy isn't a drug dealer? Name one. This one. What, that what, what, is that, what does being Stone have to do with being a hero? Plenty of people have been stoned while being a hero, including probably this guy. And now, <laughs> just a heads up: these are. <laughs> I'm stoned right now. I'm ready to get you guys get out of this building. Come on. This but is going to be a couple of sorry, better to be a couple of quotes from Walter Bailey. It's going to be a couple of really long quotes from Walter Bailey. So buckle up, everybody. We're ready. 
when the meal service when the meal service in the cabaret room was over, I was heading out and a supervisor started talking to me about how overcrowded it was. He had 20 or 30 people still waiting to get in and be seated for the show. Then a waitress come up, came up to me and asked where the shillings were. The shillings were the family that owned this uh, facility, by the way. And then she leaned into my, my ear and she whispers, there's a fire in the zebra room. <laughs> and then she was we gone. We should all finger. Let's all finger. Okay. Hold on. Four-way fingering. I thought she was surely exaggerating. There's a fire in the zebra room. But I ran down there. <laughs> And when I started to open the doors, I noticed some smoke coming out at the top and then down the center between the doors. I decided not to open the doors any wider. To me, there was pressure in there that I could feel. It seemed like a major fire, possibly the whole room. At that point, I turned toward the main bar and in there it was normal. People sitting at the bar and around tables. And I ran to the entry and yelled in, everyone out, there's a fire. When I did that, the people at the bar stools pushed away and people at the table started standing up. So again, fairly quickly, I ran back to the cabaret room. So this guy literally sticks his head in and goes, there's a fire, get out! And everyone's like, yeah, but we're still drinking. Yeah, I don't see no flames. So maybe maybe we'll wait till the fire's in the room. And there's a fire, is that the opening act? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know, John Davidson always brings a fire with him. <laughs> he's, in, he's in a modern metalcore band. There's a fire is the name of the band, actually. So this is another kind of long quote. I went back to the supervisor and said, we need to clear the room. There's a fire in the zebra room. Finger. Finger me. Everyone at home, drink when you hear the Drink when you hear the zebra room. We're going to drink right here. He was looking down the hallway, and I guess he didn't see anything, and he just stared at me. Didn't say a word. I repeated, we've got to clear this room now. I didn't know why he was just staring. I turned, and I thought, I've got to go get one of the shillings. But after I went about 10 steps down the hallway leading to the kitchen, I realized I can't do this. Other people, including that waitress, are already looking for him. So I went back to Charlie and said again, we got to clear the room. He said, watch my line for me. And after a couple minutes, I see him headed toward the cabaret room service bar. I'm thinking he's going to check that exit and make an announcement. Nope. Nope. Meanwhile, I'd gotten people from his line outside into the garden area. I told him to stay there and I headed back to the cabaret room. I was expecting the crowd to start coming out, but still nothing. I'm standing at the curtain, looking at the show going on, and I'm getting really anxious. They're not clearing the room. They haven't made an announcement. This can't happen. This room has got to be cleared. You know why that manager <laughs> he really got into some serious? Matt I'm Damon sorry, he got there. really upset. You know why that manager was staring at the at the busboy at Bailey? Because he was like. You're all. Are you stoned right now? You're always stoned. Yeah. Why are you telling me about a fire? Yeah, of course yeah, it's a fire, man. At the end of your fucking joint, bro. But also, the opening act was a ventriloquist comic, so maybe he was just like, "Fuck it, let's burn so this place down." That's a good point. To the First thing that goes, bar, the, the dummy. Made out where of do you think that he like the service bar? Do you think he went to go get a drink? Do you think he went to take his like fifteen minute break? Like, where do you guys think he's How about to go harass you, uh, a waitress? Have you, ever, have you ever worked at a place or just or just done business with a place where the, uh, where the people... That's a great answer. Thank you for being so quick. <laughs> have you ever been involved with a business where you realize that the employees have been trained to be robots and there's no uh, there's no anti-authoritarian like robots there? Well, it's all people that just kind of succumb to that. I feel like anybody that. in the service industry, there's such like a high turnover. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know but how the, it is with like the training the, or whatever. 
there's certain places though where you go where you're like, oh, dude, everyone in here is a robot. Like they've just been reprimanded by their boss for thinking on their own, and, and right. the people who who don't go to but that. Not only quit. that, think about how you were as like an 18 year old employee. Like oh, I, I was a rebel. I worked I a at a, a video a video store, and I remember I was. Um, <laughs> I don't know how auditing worked back then, but I would take like one copy of a, a VCR tape of like whatever new movie was coming in. Yeah. And I was like, I probably pilfered thousands of VCR movies and like nobody ever caught in. Like that was the employee I was when I was 18. Yeah. Again, like the fact that this fucking guy, Bailey, this guy, some shit. Yeah. Because at this point he's got a decision to make. He's, of course. He's the only person in the building who realizes or at least suspects that this fire is going to be a thing that's going to kill a and lot of people. And who doesn't want to think as a business owner, like, oh, I don't want people to leave. I don't want them right. to get scared. Yeah, it's like the, the mayor in Jaws. Like, right. they need to be right. on the beach. Like, but yes. there's a shark, you dude. Like, there's a fucking shark. That's a, yeah, a great analogy. Bailey, me. last week said there was a flood. There was no <laughs> flood. Like, honestly. <laughs> so this is, me, there's no tornado either. This is another quote from Bailey. <gasps> At this time, there was still no smoke in that area. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I thought he would announce something. I saw the comedians on stage and they're holding mics and telling jokes. And I think to myself, <laughs> I can get one of those mics and get this room cleared right now. And that's, and when, that's he when he started stand-up. comedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Crime. All right. What's with this all the went, smoke in this, in this building? Yeah, How you guys doing tonight? So speaking of smoke. <laughs> I know. He's not. He's we got a finger, apparently. We got a finger. Oh, we, we can't fist bump. Yeah. We finger each other. Okay. Yeah. Right, what do you do first? Spread your legs. What do you do for a living, sir? You're a firefighter? We could use your help, actually. Uh, <laughs> this is the quote. At this time, there's still no smoke in the area. I'm thinking, what What am I going to do? I thought he would announce something. I saw the comedians on stage, and they're holding mics and telling jokes, and I think I can get one of those mics and get this room cleared. So as I walked through the room, I thought, I've got to have the right thing to say. I can't start a panic. This is an 18-year-old kid, yeah, by the way. First point out the exits, then tell them to leave, and then tell them there's a fire. I climbed on stage, I appear in front of the comedians, and they look at me, and I went toward the one on the left, reaching for his mic, and to to my surprise, he just handed it to me. And I turned toward the audience and said, I'd like everyone's attention. If you look to your right, you'll see an exit. If you look behind you, you'll see another exit. And in the left corner, you'll see another one. We need everyone to leave the building. There's a fire in the building. Good for him. He probably here, saved a bunch of lives. Here, well, here's the other thing. He wasn't supposed to be working that room that night. Yeah. He had asked to. Fire. He heard that John Davidson was so funny. And right. he wanted to watch the comedians. And that's the only reason he was there, which do you guys think is like divine intervention? Or the law of average in mathematics. But yeah, something happened. He was there and saved lives. Something happened. Yeah, something happened. But it's like if anybody else would have been there, would there have been more lives Lost. It does take a lot Hopefully. for an 18 year old <laughs> kid to risk his job like that because right. you think like in looking back, you're like, well, of course he would risk his job. He saved thousands of people, but he didn't know he was going to save thousands of people. Really I, quickly, I was like that, though, when I was a kid. I was going to say, I what would anti- you have done? Because I kind of wonder if I would have been like, I'm going to take I, my break like, now. <laughs> this is why you teach kids about the Holocaust when they're like seven to 10 years old, because once you teach them like that authority isn't the ultimate authority over yeah. you, like physical authority is not your ult- you still have to use your brain and know which authority to trust. Right. Yeah. Like, I learned about the Holocaust when I was a little kid. My dad didn't want to tell me. I made him tell me. And after that, I was like, mind blowing. 
changed me for the rest of my life. Like, oh, like just because someone's wearing a badge or someone has your flag on their arm or whatever doesn't mean that they're going to protect you or that they have your best interest. Right. You right. assume that up to a certain age, right? Army men are good, bad guy bad, and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually you get to an age you're like, oh, like I got to use my own brain. And like sometimes the guy that uses their own brain is right, even though they're, quote, wrong. Yeah. The, it, uh, you know, so you just go, authority's not doing anything. Fuck this. I got to tell these people they deserve to know that they might die. Yeah. Right? So that guy did a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. these Nazi fucks aren't clearing the room. <laughs> yeah. Walter They're just Bailey stepping the drinks around the building. Walter Bailey antifas his way to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clears the room. This is a quote from Jeff Ruby, who was uh, he's now a Cincinnati restaurateur, but he was sitting front row in the cabaret room that night, which if you've ever been front row at a concert, you know that's if some shit breaks off, you're in the worst place. Unless you literally go on the stage and behind the stage you're in the worst fucking spot to get out of there and uh this is a quote from jeff ruby at that point we still didn't know the real urgency of it the magnitude of the fire i still had my jack daniels in my hand but this kid saved my life and the life of the woman who turns out to be the mother of my children because he was there for a birthday party for his his wife to be, which wasn't wife, his, wife his girlfriend to be. at the time. No, 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 it wasn't his girlfriend. Just oh, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just some floozy. Not only does this guy get a lot of tail, he yeah. survived. He survived, and he got tail that survived. He spread his seed, Survivor's too. tail. So the survivor's tail. I want to thank this busboy for saving hot. my balls so I can make you. Makeup sex is good. Hashtag survival, survivor's tail. Yeah. Yeah. Makeup Hashtag sex ain't survivor. nothing compared to Survivor Hashtag Survivor, survivor Strange. Hey, Dad, when was that conceived? Oddly survivor enough, Strange. it was May 28th, 1977. <laughs> you are oh, a, you're a bastard. Survivor Strange. That's so great. This is still uh, Jeff Ruby. But this kid saved my life and the life of the woman who turns out to be the mother of my children, and he probably saved a thousand other people. He took it upon himself, and he eloquently and bravely gets up on the stage. He wasn't supposed to do this. He wasn't given the green light. He got the red light from somebody. But he took it upon himself and came up there and said, we all need to leave. This is going to be dangerous. And no one panicked because of how he articulated. Hold on. They lit the they lit the savior. Probably. He gets up there and they're like, OK, you got, your, your time's up. Get, Get off the stage. Got two. Stop got trying two to, to save go. everybody. Bring up the next guy. Hey, you got Davidson coming up. Wrap doing up a your humanitarian mission. Hey, can I go back to the survivor's tr- strange dude? Uh, did he marry the other chick because the chick he came for the birthday died in the fire? Just curious. No, she's alive. Oh, she's alive too? Yeah. She was also interviewed for this article. Yeah. She went on to marry somebody. Yeah, which, she- by the way, uh, it- this... Anyone Selfish who f- busboy ruined my birthday party. <laughs> Anyone who finds this story even remotely interesting should go read this article because we're we're not including all of the stories we from a- people. Add the link. Yeah, we'll put the link in the comments or somewhere. But it's it a it's a long read, but it's we're hitting the high notes. So yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And the pictures. We're leaving the baseline out. The pictures have a lot. Uh, okay, here we go. So this is the rest of uh, Ruby's quote. It was like he was trained, like they had some training program for if something like this was going to happen and how to word it out and how to get everyone to stay calm. It was like he was 35 or 40 years old and in management. And of course, that training never (laughs) happened. He was just a kid. It blew my mind. I certainly could not have handled it as well or any better. What he did took courage. If it turns out to be not that big a deal, he's out of a job. Which, that's a good fucking point. Places do have training for that kind of thing now. I was a camp counselor for years, and every summer they would run us through, it was a Jewish summer camp, so they'd run us through like the normal things like CPR and first aid, 
and stuff like that. But they also ran us through like fire drills, but also made us run over like a flaming thing to not be afraid of fire. And they also, I'm laughing. They also did a, did a unit on counterterrorism training, like what to do. Did if they make a, you walk over hot coals? No, we like they, they like they sprayed. They put like gasoline on the floor on, on the ground outside and like a line had us run <laughs> like jump over the gas. So just just to make you like <laughs> really weird Jewy summer camp. Yeah. Like okay, now run on the fire. Like <laughs> well, do they you also have a permit for this. I don't know. Just run on the fire. They also had us like do this like, counter terrorism. Like what to do if people come in with guns and start trying to attack the place. So what the hell kind of world do we live in? It's a <laughs> well, yeah, camp. It's a Jewish summer camp. Back then, this was, like, only, this, was, yeah, this was like a decade Let ago. Let the Jews have a good so, camp for once. Am I right? Yeah, right. Please, folks. So I mean, so then, like my some, one of my one of my family friends was looking for a babysitter, and it's my friend, uh, myself, and this other girl who I know are both sitting there with them. This story and, better be good. Well, and she's like, this long. When she tells them, like, oh, you know, I have a babysitter certification thing, and I've been training some childcare stuff. And they're like, oh, cool. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I actually have been trained in CPR, first aid, what's doing a fire, and also in counterterrorism protection of children. And they just look at me, they're like, wait, did you just tell us all the ways our kid might die? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, there's terrorists, man. Camp Jubilees might get uh, taken over by Al Qaeda. They might come to Maple Oak Road to attack your child. Why don't you give them the address on this podcast? What if some terrorists listen to this? I changed the address because I'm a professional. Good for you. Yeah, it's actually Maple Glen. But, I mean. Oh, my God. Do you still have those on your resume? Resume? Yes, as for, for my comedy, when I send out my headshots, <laughs> and, and also from like uh, count, summer camp. Not only will your crowd laugh, they'll also be very safe with me, sir. You see, I've been trained in counterterrorism. I can also comedy. jump over fires, small ones, but it's not a big deal. So here's another quote from Walter Bailey. Keep in mind, all I had seen was smoke coming out of the doors of the zebra room. I'd done all of this on my own accord, and suddenly I was concerned that maybe it was nothing, and that probably I was... And that I was probably not going to have a job anymore because I had just cleared a room where people had tabs of $100 or $200. I was taking a chance. But as I went back toward the zebra room, a wall of smoke came barreling down the hall. I'll never forget what an amazing sight that was. This was a large hallway with high ceilings. It just turned ar- I just turned around and got back in line and tried to go against the flow of people. Jesus. Did I make that weird chain sound like the smoke monster from Lost? I hope it did. I hope that's. I hope fire makes that noise when it knows it's about to kill you. I got you, Medello. Did you switch it out? No, I had some left over from. Did I get you the right thing? This yeah. podcast not you brought got me to you by Modelo. Fuck off, Modelo. <laughs> this cast brought to you right by. Thing, he backhands me. What does this say? Okay. Yep. Some sort of weird Korean sake that I can't <laughs> read the label. It says oh, two, one. <laughs> I think that's Japanese for Korean sake. Yes. That nope, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but uh so this this one thing that this kid did is basically what saved most of the people in this fire. Because even though 165 people died and that's a whole lot, you have to take into account there were 2800 people there that night and most of them well after the fire had started, we're still fucking pounding drinks in it the bar. It said uh, 6% of the guests there yeah. that night died, which is not bad, right? It's a, it's a decent number, but it's still like... I mean... Oh, especially when you quanti- put it... Quantitative, <laughs> when you make it to eight. 
when you put it the other way, ninety four percent survived. That's an A. That's that's still an A. But quantitatively, yeah, like the still amount, you're all like, of what's the total number? And you go like, God, that's a lot of people's family members and friends and whatnot. You know, people with lives. Especially so still when they bummer. show the pictures and there's all these sheets. Yeah, laid out. but I mean, it, it could have been significantly worse. And that's what they told the family members when they were like, Oh, by the way, your your relative <laughs> your, your died. But it could have been worse. Yeah. This other guy's uncle. It could have been, totally been a real tragedy. So you know, so, sorry about your dad, but mine's doing great. But it's a great mine's, lesson mine's though. Fine. In mine like, survived. use your own brain. Don't just trust authority. Go with your gut. You felt like it. Like if he was wrong and he lost his job, it was a fucking waiter's job or whatever, right? right. He's right. eighteen. He'll job. find another one. Yeah, you're one. eighteen, man. It'd right. be a blessing. Maybe you get on trains. You travel around. Jack Kerouac yeah. changes your life. I hope that guy gets laid so much. I'm sure he does. I saw his photo on Wikipedia. Yeah, great not guy. bad. Probably. Yeah. King of a sailing team, captain of a sailing team. Well, I mean, he saved thousands of people. Like, he's if that's your opening line, can I buy you a beer? You know, I've saved yeah. a lot of people's lives. I could probably lay you pretty well. Yeah, if I was him, I would just stay in Cincinnati the rest of my life. Oh, 100%. And be like, hey, Why did he move to Dallas? Walter Bailey. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> oh, you haven't heard of me? Local hero? No big he deal. He probably moved to Dallas and burnt something down and then went in and told Save people. people. So he probably carries up. the article with him at all times, being like, hey, have you read this? <laughs> This is me. It's all charred around the edges. Here's a tattoo to go above his pelvis. Check this out. <laughs> so this is another quote from Walter Bailey. Oh, stop tooting your horn, you 18-year-old prick. Well, now he's going to start talking about people dying, so it's cool. Oh, good. So as we're moving away from the smoke, one guy suddenly screams extremely loud something like, This fucking place is burning down! <laughs> Helpful, <laughs> sir. And that's when the panic started in that area. I started getting shoved and pushed... I got behind that guy, and he started pushing people in front of him, and suddenly people behind me were pushing me. I had no control, but I was being pushed out an exit, exploding out the exit, really. We were fortunate that no one tripped, no one fell, and the doors opened properly toward the outside into the garden area. That's the thing. When something like this happens, that's the shit that kills you. The sheer power of like the force of like the truck stampede. People panicking and yeah. all pushing Ooh. toward the same area. And if one person falls, that person's going to trip someone else, and then all those people are getting fucking trampled to death. And that's what happens. Luckily, there's on. no clumsy Jews in Kentucky, right? Everyone was safe. Everyone <laughs> ran right? out with alpha males with good posture. Get out of here, kid. We got to go. I don't know that they were all Jewish. No, I said there were no Jews in Kentucky. Oh, so they were just, say, Otherwise, you would have a lot of people tripping camp. like, oh, ah, my knee. And then, you know, it would have been just mayhem. John Shevsky is a Jew, in case you were excited <laughs> about that riff. Shalom. You can reach me at John Shevsky, Shalom, Mazeltov.com. John Davidson's still doing his act the entire time. <coughs> the bathrooms are cra- crazy, right? Hey, come on. Where are you guys going? Where you guys, this, is my, this is my closer. Some, guy, some guy's on fire at his table. What do you do for a living, sir? Are you guys on a date? <laughs> this is another quote from Jeff Ruby. I don't come to your job trying to burn you down. <coughs> That's if the guy was heckling him. Even while we were trying to figure out the best way out of the room, I still had my Jack Daniels in my hand. God love Jeff Ruby. This guy likes to party. Jeff Ruby. This guy likes. He has another good quote about the three things he listens to. He's the real. I don't have all the quotes in here, so I might not. One of them is uh, my heart, my gut, and my. Soul or something. Oh, oh, yeah. Ugh. And he was like, I Should've heard my, my gut. Oh, my that's soul. actually this quote. Oh. Even while we were trying to figure out the best way out of the room, I still had my Jack Daniels in my hand. But I'll tell you, when I saw the real evidence of it, 
It was when I saw Scott Schilling, all 350 pounds of him. All 350 pounds of him. That moved him to fucking move to see a fat guy so scared that he ran and like exerted energy. Yeah, running for his life. He was sweating butter, and that's how I knew the fire was really hot. (laughs) The butter was melted. And he says, now I understood. Now I said goodbye to my friend Jack. And we started, he's talking about his drinks. His actual drink. And we started going out the way we first tried. And another busboy said we couldn't go out that way. And I said, fuck you. Fuck you, dude. We're going this way. I'm in charge here now. I confer with three parts of my body with every decision I make. My gut, my heart, and my dick. No, he said, he said no. He said brain. Oh, and if you don't know about the the, the exchange rate, uh, fuck you in 1977 oh, is worth, worth suck my cunt fucker yeah. in 2017. Yeah. It's yeah. an intense yeah. term yeah. in those that's days. That's just that's just Inflation. the ratio. That's just how you see what it's like. It's like watching Deadwood, right? Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> this is harsh, <laughs> real. That's literally just, a lot of grit. He, he says. If two out of the three agree, that's the way I go. It doesn't matter which two, and my gut and brain told me, tell that guy, fuck you. Yeah, good for him. My heart didn't have to make a a vote. Is this guy still drinking Jack Daniels during this interview? Probably. Probably. He's a restaurateur. He probably just drinks all the time now. What what did the fire do to my family? Let me ask my buddy Jack here. All right. (laughs) Uh, It says fuck off. By the way. I married that hot skirt back there. <laughs> the girl who's a birthday girl. She's my 12th wife. And we had three kids. So this is, uh, where were we at? We have Ruby, Bailey, and Biatch are the three characters so far. Yeah, well, we, those are the only three. Like I said, I left a lot. I didn't like At the, just copy and paste oh, yeah. this yeah. fucking you article into my notes. didn't go drop in notes. there. It's the 29-year-old mayor of this yeah, town. There's a, my there's... favorite detail of the entire story is that their mayor is 29 years old. And didn't Yeah, go. That was interesting. That really yeah. makes me feel like a loser. No, <laughs> or basically, like, like, the city is dumb. Not just that, but he was like, I stayed home and I didn't go to this place because to I watch was his babysitting his, his, like, niece, right? Or for, like that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what kind of mayor? I was in the go, but probably a responsible what a one. Good That's guy. why he's a yeah. twenty-nine-year-old mayor. The, Crazy. I was going to set the high score on Pong, so I couldn't leave. <laughs> There's like a twenty-six-year-old mayor right now. I think. Good, just read. What's, the, what's the fucking point? Like, I feel like Long Beach has a, a very young. Oh, mayor. I was gonna get to those. I was gonna get to that tax law, but I was too busy working on my kickflips. You are such a dick to these young mayors. That's yep. one thing about you. <laughs> I fucking had it with Slayton. They're young mayors. Give them some respect. They yeah, work hard to rich. get there. You're just mad that you're not a mayor. They should all go to the supper club. <laughs> they should. This is another quote <laughs> from uh, Jeff Ruby. Behind us, people got caught in that doorway. They got stuck and trampled over each other, and not many others after our party of six got out of there. Bodies were found in the doorway. They died of smoke inhalation. I don't believe that door opened out, so when a door swings in, it hits somebody, and somebody falls down, and somebody falls on top of them. Next thing you know, you're fucking. It's like the concert over here at Riverfront (laughs) Coliseum with The Who. With bodies on top of each other, trampling on each other. That happened at every exit, I believe, where people couldn't get out. Which, he brings up an interesting point. Because two years after this, this is a this supper club fire was a thing that caused massive changes in the entertainment, hotel, industry. New regulations Maybe for the fires. door should open out. Yeah. It, it was like a no-brainer. New regulations, and it also was the first. There was a lawsuit after, and it was one of the first lawsuits to introduce the idea of enterprise liability, which mm. is if Where you sue sever- Star Trek. Well, you sue several different businesses as as one entity. So doing it on their 
They are. We I know. We fingered yeah. each other. I like it. How did you? How did you feel about it? Felt great. Mm-hmm. But enterprise liability basically says if fifteen different companies uh, work together to build this facility, and there's a disaster, you can sue all of them and not just the one that maybe is the cause of it. Oh, nice. And it was the first disaster that anyone ever sued, used a class action lawsuit on. Ooh. So this is a thing that uh, caused a lot of changes in the industry, and it's interesting that that guy brings up The Who, because two years later, also in Cincinnati, does anyone know about this? No. I, think, Who, of, I think of The Great White Fire. Or was it The Who burnt 2,000 people. Not. Well, The Who did a show at Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, there's an episode of WKRP in Cincinnati about this, which is phenomenal, and it will make you cry. Oh, wow. But The Who did a show cry. at Riverfront Coliseum, and they did their sound check late. They were running behind, and the gates hadn't opened yet, but all the people who were going to come in were basically outside, and they hear this sound check and think the concert started. So all of these people rush the gates, oh, and stampede. it's exactly what he was talking about here. Uh, people start falling, and eleven people died. Dang, I remember, I remember reading about that. That's so punk a rock, dude. And the, well, the craziest thing <laughs> is they they didn't want to cancel the concert because they were worried it would just cause riots and more problems. To see the who, so the show went on, and then after the show, uh, they pulled the who aside, and they were like, hey. 11 people died before you just rocked the Cincinnati Riverfront Coliseum. But people still went? Well, and, nobody like, knew. Them? Nobody yeah, Even the 11 dead, they actually weekend at Bernie's the uh the 11 dead people <laughs> just, so they like, could see the show. Them up. <laughs> because they had him in the mosh pit. They're like, "Hey, they, he's oh, he's Flop enjoying it." When, when the people you, they're all There were 11 crowd surfers that night who never came down. <laughs> when you think about 11 people in that kind of crowd dying and the way they died, like it's just people walking over them. So, yeah. Like, I just no one's they were gonna, lazy fans. How do you not notice when you're stepping on a body? That's how body that's how people get trapped. You've never, tra- you never trampled before, Carrie. I, I mean, have, you don't I'm, notice. I haven't. You just trampled. think it's a mushy Tempur-Pedic no. mat. You don't. I mean, I think it. people do notice, but it's just such a big push of. But like, it's a who energy, and well, it, it was the who in 1979, which. Right. I mean, that was what. No, 10, that's 12 what I'm saying. Years? It was yeah. a big deal back then. It was a huge deal. Could yeah. a large who group run on top of people? Though? Like, if you're, you? if you're moving fast and you're so compressed that you can't even really look down and see what's under you, because yeah, we're talking about trample style. It's hard to imagine that you would be so pressed into with people. You can't turn your head down 90 degrees and see underneath you. you. If you turn your head a little bit, you're knocking against the back in front of you, and then you just see that right. person's back or butt. You're not so gonna maybe see. if like you feel like it feels weird, but like if everybody else in front of you is acting like it's no big deal, it's like, oh, this is just like a squishy mat. Yeah, well, you that's, probably try, that's how it works. And you're probably like, if you do feel something, you're probably like, well, did I just step on a person? Or like you probably are avoiding it their skull. Or no leg. one else looked up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm not going to concerts anymore. Who are you? We can't identify your face. We can't tell what you are. When I was looking into the the who part of this, I found uh, you can find a bootleg. Did you snort. Sorry. Yes, I did. You can. I got a little snort action going. There is a bootleg of this show circulating making oh, really? the rounds this who show at the riverfront coliseum it's all filmed from a camera pointed at the cement from the outside well the... no but do you want to guess what it's called no stampede oh! Oh! 
Ah, it comes with the faces of death collection. Are you guys aware of that guy who got fucked by a horse and died? Oh yeah, yeah, very aware. Very aware. Yeah, very aware. We did. We did. They also fucked him. We did a crime episode about 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 an adjacent character to that story. About it was all connected to that because there was a large community of animal fuckers up there. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Rabbits are great. Okay, so they have a. Weird documentary called Horse. Chickens. Zoo. Zoo. Or zoo. Zoo. You said it was horse. Zoo. I found out. No, the internet video is called Death by Horsecock. Yes, which Keith Carey or showed Mr. me. And I thought it was very interesting. There was a guy. Keith just showed you his penis. You're like, yep, this thing would kill. <laughs> I heard yeah, maybe. I heard it's big. I mean, oh, yeah, he tweeted a picture of it. Keith's got a gigantic dick. No earls. And, and a great right. bit about how, how he's got a big dick. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they had a guy who was fluffing. The horse, mm-hmm, of course, and then they had Naturally, the guy who the actually had a really nice ass who was like bending, kind of like <laughs> downward. At a well, you have to have some flanks to take a horse. I heard yeah. you talk about exactly. his ass. I'm trying to attract, like, no, no, you got to really be able to thrust. <laughs> on, have a nice show. ass. Pretty scary. And then there's a the cameraman. Yeah. And I think it's so crazy that it's like. It's I a mean, three-person shoot. It, it it really is. So it's like, are are the guys? Then there was who, a grip and a gaffer. Helped? Would they be accessories to murder? I think you can be. I, I don't think, think it was murder. It. I don't think you can charge a horse with murder. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that horse got gelded. You know that, right? What does that mean, gelded? Like, they uh, took his balls off. Yeah. yeah. To punish him, or oh, what? Like, you think he's the man? Dipped him in gold. That's Ooh. what I thought. I was like, is this some sort of yeah. their punishment? They have gilded. to wear them around. Yeah. Patreon goals. If you give us $1,000, we can buy this horse's balls. <laughs> that horse is now on Megan's Law. He is very ashamed of what he does. He has to walk from door to door now. He is. Uh, so, so, okay. So, let's get back to this fucking insanity. Well, I mean, we're, so, we're, we're pretty much through it. Like, that's, that's the thing about the, that fire is Walter Bailey is really the big story there. Agreed. And this Disagree. is as many. That's great, though. <laughs> Jeff, I mean, Jeff Ruby's the hero of this story. He also I mean, shot Oswald. Fire is actually the big story. <laughs> In this story, but the fire is a protagonist. Yes. Do you know about the, is the it, was antagonist? It, antagonist. Was it was it Great White? I disagree. Was it Great White I would, or I White? Think the first one was correct. <laughs> Adam, what it was, was it? Great White. Great White. And how many people died in that fire? By two hundred. So that's even more than this. Right. But that was a really small club, and it only had one or two exits. This and was, they were Great White fans. This was twenty eight hundred people so spread out through it? a fifty eight thousand square foot facility. So it's. Like it makes sense that everyone in that great white fire died because, uh, as Rich mentioned, they were great white fans, so they're stupid. Stupid as fuck, getting trampled yeah. off what they like. And I think there was only like one exit in that building, and they had pyrotechnics on stage. Which what for your two hundred person Th- show? That's, that's how the fire started. That's so was this this space in the seventies? No, the, the great this, white thing. No, this happened, happened like, like ten years ago. That happened like after September eleventh, oh, dude. God, yeah, I, that was like uh, you, you have that pyro was for a tiny show. Yeah, they had pyro. That's the for YouTube a, generation. For just like think a, you're a rock star when you have two hundred. Okay. But it's great white though, so they 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 did. I yeah. know nothing about them. You don't know great white. I don't even know once a single. Bit, once bitten, twice shy. No, no idea. Once bitten, twice right. shy, nope. baby. So we should wrap this up. We got through the Jeff Ruby didn't he had three kids? Yeah. Je- yeah, Jeff Ruby did not rap, but go read the article. Ooh, there's there's ooh. way more way more stuff in this article. We just we're running tight on time, and that's that's the gist of it. Walter Bailey saved more than a thousand people, probably as an 18 year old kid. Take so. it as a lesson. Ta- fuck your boss and authorities. Use your heart and do the right what thing. What the fuck like are Bailey. you doing with your lives, Bailey? People. That shit. Can I get a finger? Yeah. Can you guys okay. finger me? Finger me. All right. Use your own brain, guys. So good. Self authoritarian. Carrie has something to plug. Okay, so I woke up this morning. So you guys know Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline? Nope. No. He's one of the hosts. You guys know uh, Keith Morrison? Nope. Nope. Is he related to Jim? Shut the fuck up. 
I don't watch TV. I, I listen to. I just listen to your guys' podcast. Does it matter if they know? No, nope. right? It doesn't okay. matter if they I'll know. Talk to, I'll talk to you. These guys you know, know Josh Mankiewicz. I do. So anyway, he's been uh, oh Josh Mankiewicz, an NBC correspondent for Dateline for 22 years, and uh, we became very good friends with him. And he wrote this morning, and it woke me up. Uh, he goes in Vegas for the shooting, which is horrific because he covered it for Dateline. You know what, you guys? Whatever. I'm, well, we're no, we're listening to you. What was I supposed to respond? <laughs> we're being respectful. The Dateline reporter I, covered the news you, for Dateline? How shocking. How are we being punished so for listening so well? <laughs> I've never been punished for listening so he well. He goes, in Vegas for the shooting, which is horrific. So I'm thinking of Caitlin's baby to remind me that there are still good things in the world. Oh. How nice is that? He is such a good What if boy. Caitlin's baby just comes out and is a total asshole? What if he comes out with a gun? Yeah, she said I'm He must not know how late Caitlin's baby always makes her. That's true. Ugh. He's already a dick. He I, bet you, I bet you this baby doesn't show up to the 26th, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So what else do we have oh, to plug? That's all I had. Plug well, we're doing, we're doing a live podcast October 28th at the Hollywood <laughs> Hotel. Those are hot. Yeah. 9 p.m. It's also a stand-up comedy show and a fucking Halloween party. Wear a costume. We're going to yeah. be giving out prizes for the ones we like the best. Are you guys coming? As long as I can dress up as Kate's baby and he dresses up as Kate, <laughs> I'm back in there. It's right? Free. That's what's up, dude. That's what's up. <laughs> it's free. The show starts at 9 p.m. Come to that. Also, subscribe to the rest of our podcast on Patreon. Patreon.com slash unpops. It's five fucking dollars a month. It's cheap as shit. We do 10 episodes a week. It's 12 and a half, epi- 12 and a half cents an episode. Fucking cheap motherfucker. That's so, it's subscribe. such a good price. It's a good price for gold, Don't guys. Don't get angry. Don't get no angry. commercials. Subscribe. Don't stop. It's beautiful. Stop. Subscribe. Stop your subscribe. blood, your blood pressure. Angie, do you have Adam's blood pressure medicine? Fuck. <laughs> Angie. You're going to get more Dad. of that if you subscribe. It's going to be great. Yeah, just, there's a whole podcast where Adam just yells fuck angrily over and over again. Rich and John, do you have anything to plug? Well, we have to write. Crime, Crime is, is a show podcast. I know. actually read a true story about lawbreakers too, with his guest host and dominant male John Shevsky. That's crime with three eyes. Get it everywhere podcasts are found. Also, I will be in San Diego at the Comedy Palace for two shows. Don't even go, guys. On October twentieth, no. just subscribe. And I'm to officiating go. a wedding in Texas on November fourth. What are you fucking so if you're invited to, you If you're invited to Bob and Maggie's wedding, uh, <laughs> if you're not, get an invite because I'm going to be killing it. Yeah, yeah guys, thanks yeah. for listening. Seriously. Check out crime. I all right. Crime pod on all socials. So the crime uh, dropped the exclamation mark. No, it's just crime with three eyes and then crime pod with three eyes. But on not all three crime. consecutive eyes, which is weird. By there the three, way, they are all consecutive. C-R-I-M-I-E-I. Oh, I hate everything about you now. No, no, no. That's not what it is, Adam. No, that's how you do it. Go pod on all the socials. Crime I did what I could. Crime I. Crime mm-hmm. me at River. The Crimey Eye Podcast. Crime Brulee at Yahoo.com. No, it's Crime with Three Eyes. All right, let's get guys. the fuck out of here. Rich, peace out. Say goodbye. Bye, robot. John Shevsky, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Carrie Martin. Goodbye, boo. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.